1: It's Gary Parish. It's Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me, and the 2021 Champions Classic, it's in the books. Fun night inside the garden. Everything ended about an hour ago. I'm back at my hotel. If you're watching on YouTube, I apologize about the lighting. This room (laughs) is not equipped with great or even... Good lighting, so I'm gonna have to start traveling with portable lights, and, and I will, I, I promise. Deadleg, meantime, he's still at MSG. Look how nice those lights are. You could be, hey,
0: listen, a couple things here as we get rolling into these games. One, you could be here with me, but you left. You left. Two, not only did you leave, I'm in some sort of dressing room. I got a little bit of, <laughs> the acoustics are a little bit wonky in here. All right, quick, quick thoughts. Leftover pizza. Half of it untouched, I went after it. Is this appropriate? Is this appropriate I'm starving, man. I went into this good
1: margarita style i i I will tell you this: there was a time where I was staying in a a, a hotel night before a game, and one of the teams, the visiting team, was staying in the same hotel, and I happened to be on the same floor as that team, and it appeared that um, they had had they had ordered pizzas for the team um, before it was bedtime. And as people tend to do with pizza boxes at hotels, they set them outside their door when they're done, regardless of whether they're empty or not. And I'd be lying if I told you I have never walked down the hallway to my room, spotted a open pizza box that still had a slice in it, and 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 didn't grab it i've done it i've done it
0: yes yeah, it's, it's got to be the go-to move here i mean we're after 1 a.m on the east coast i got these tiny little soda cans too so i'm i'm good to go with the good lights you could be here with me but we're gonna roll like this in fact i think this is even better for the everyone watching on youtube um i think that's even more entertaining and as we get going into this just a quick huge shout and thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the channel watched it you have beyond exceeded our expectations with that first episode that went to video so for everyone watching now we highly appreciate you and we appreciate See, here's the thing parish mm. like more and more people watching the show know us from hq you from cbs sports network we had some uh we had some listeners in the stands tonight they were screaming okay. after us they were screaming our names
1: <laughs> gary <laughs> dead leg it's never it was never once Gary Matt or Gary Norlander it incorrect was all-
0: there was there were there were a few Norlanders then when I didn't respond, one gentleman started yelling above the din of the Duke Kentucky game dead leg uh, and I was actually filing a column. I'm sorry to the gentleman I couldn't take a photo with. But I was legitimately on deadline, and I had to
1: file a piece. That was Patrick. And if you ever uh, want to know who's the real man of the people of this podcast, it's GP, who will walk, will leave his seat mid-game to go take uh, a photograph with someone who listens to the podcast and would like to take a photograph. So I was there. If you were at MSG, I was there for you. Dead leg, he was too busy working But I was a man of the people. So he's still, Dead Leg is at MSG, well-lit, well-lit Madison Square Garden. He's eating somebody else's pizza, and that's the building where uh, Kansas did beat Michigan State in the opener, 87-74. And we're going to discuss that eventually, uh, I promise you. But we're going to start with the nightcap, uh, Duke, Kentucky, in front of a capacity crowd in Mintel, Manhattan. The final score Duke 79, Kentucky 71, five-star freshman Paulo Banqueiro took 11 shots, made seven of them, finished with twenty two point seven points, seven rebounds, two steals. Fellow five-star freshman Trevor kills he actually led the team in scoring with 25. So let's just start with this. Um, how impressed were you with Duke in the first game of, of Coach K's, do you hear about this, final season on the sideline?
0: I'm so happy that we are informing a nation, by the way. Um, I think a lot of people really started to understand after this game was televised, and ESPN caught wind of the news that we first broke that this would be his final uh his final season. I'll say this Kentucky, and I said this on HQ in our postgame. Kentucky, uh Kentucky's got some room to improve here and there within we'll a second. Duke is was probably underrated coming into the season. Now that's easier to say after the fact, Kentucky played him well. But Ben Carroll was what I kind of thought he would be, right? Uh, Keels, if he's going to be that, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, after we well, were done. He's racing, not going to be that. He's not going to average 25 points a game. You had Walker Kessler having six blocks a game. So I think anything is possible. Okay. But, no, if he's going to be that productive in, like, a clear 1B to Banqueiro's 1A, then let's look out. I, I was able to catch the tail end of Krzyzewski's presser after we were done our HQ stuff. He equated him to a running back. Dude looks like a linebacker out there. A huge mismatch problem. Just a bulky power guard. And I was highly impressed with Duke's ability not just to win the way it won. Because, remember, Kentucky made a good push there. And it made it, weirdly enough, it made it when Bancaro had come back in the game because he dealt with cramps earlier in the game. Kentucky makes a big push. They get it tight. They get it to one possession. The Garden's just alive, kind of that moment we had been waiting for over the previous, like, three hours. It felt awesome. And then Duke was able to assault it kind of way. Like, first game in, GP, but evidence of, like, a really good team that can take that moment and just kill it. And they, they put Kentucky out. They put them away. And they win with a little bit of comfort there. Um, Kentucky looked like a top five team in America tonight. And I, so my biggest takeaway is, is that, uh, I mean, Duke look like a top five team in America tonight, even though Kentucky gave them a good push. Uh, I might've been a little too low on the blue devils heading into the season.
1: Well, uh, casual basketball fans are, uh, going to be shocked, uh, because this would be, according to them, the first time Duke has ever been underrated in the preseason, never happened. Never happened before uh, the start of the 2021-22 season. They looked the part. You know, I wrote a column that published Tuesday morning, maybe late Monday night, Tuesday morning. Who, who can tell the difference these days with this daylight savings time nonsense? <laughs> what is it? I, I,
0: I love what you look like as we're podcasting right now. What, what, is like, so, what, what time is it right now?
1: Look, look, you, you know, here's the truth. Before daylight savings time, my lighting was so good. Switch to daylight savings time now, look at me, look at me right now, <laughs> seriously, look at you, so good, so good. um I wrote a column that published that that you know sort of ended on the note that hey, like you know we, we know where his final season will begin. um we don't know where it'll end, but it's not crazy to think it could be in New Orleans at the Super Dome in the final four and I've been saying that all summer, like since he, uh, he since he announced you know this plan to coach one more season and then walk away, that you know, Memphis enrolled the number one recruiting class in the country. You know, Gonzaga enrolled the number one prospect in the country according to twenty four seven sports, but there was only one team that enrolled three five star freshmen. That was Duke, and Paolo looked the part. Trevor Kills looked the part. AJ Griffin, interesting. Uh, on some level, like barely played, he only played 10 minutes. He was kind of a non-factor, um, but they've got high end, you know, high end talent in that program. And then they've got, you know, enough quality non-veterans where, um, you know, they've always been on my list of teams that, that appear good enough to, to win six games in that bracket, to cut nets on that first Monday night in April. And so I wasn't surprised to see them, you know, perform to this level. And I don't think um, it was the byproduct of Kentucky just not being any good. Like, I think Kentucky's going to be fine. I just think th- they ran into tonight, the, the uh, John Calipari's Wildcats, and this doesn't happen too often. I think tonight they just ran into a team that's got more NBA players, a team that's just physically better, more talented, more gifted. Um, you know, there was some interesting stuff in in, in the box score. Um, you know, Duke only shot 7.7 percent from three, one of 13 from Beyond the Arc, and still won the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Kentucky shot 38.9% from three and lost the game. It was seven of eighteen. Uh, big free throw advantage from Duke. And no, I don't think that's a byproduct of poor officiating, as much as I just think it's a byproduct of one team being physically overwhelming and and attacking the rim, and another team not doing it nearly as much. You know, Oscar Shibwe got 17 points, 19 rebounds. That was a, um, a a super productive debut in a Kentucky uniform for him. Um, but, you know, this doesn't always happen in basketball, obviously. But I thought the better team won tonight. I thought Duke was better than Kentucky um, throughout the entire preseason. And um, they they looked better than Kentucky in those 40 minutes we just watched.
0: They did. And uh, Sh- Shibwe, he's going to have a few 20 rebound games this season. He was... Just a force on both ends. It wasn't enough, but, man, was that inspiring. Um, From the Kentucky end of it, because I was there for all of John Calipari's press conference, including – so I had to write off the first game I wrote um, and uh, wrote off of uh, Kansas No Chai Baji, which we'll get to in a a few minutes here. But I I didn't see – I didn't see any of the first half, basically. And what was interesting was that, you know – Keon, Keon Brooks didn't play a ton in this game. I mean, he had like 17 minutes and that was, I think less than Kentucky fans would have been expecting. So I asked John Calipari to basically explain why. And he called me out. He's like, and he said it, and he did it like, in and in a, he wasn't being malicious, whatever. He was like, he started trying to explain it. And he was like, did you, did you watch the game? And I was like, actually, John, I was writing in the first half off the first game. So I didn't. So I'm genuinely curious as to what happened. And he said, listen, we, he could not guard Paulo Bancaro and and Jacob Toppin did a, a better job. I think on the whole um, after that assignment clearly was not going to work for Brooks there. Uh, but what I found interesting was how Bancaro who get used to it. He's going to be a topic weekly on the show. He's phenomenal. He's awesome to watch. He is he is incredible to watch. He is just one of those guys. He is one of the guys. He steps into the college game, and it's like that. Like, it is undeniable his capability, talent. He could play in the NBA right now. And so to go up against Kentucky in the first game, and they were going to put way on Williams, and I understand why that makes a lot of sense there. Williams is a very talented big for, for Duke. Uh, but for Bancaro to... Not really have much of an issue whatsoever, like he had the cramps and that weirdly you know uh, it was a it was a weird wrinkle to the to the to the game when he had to leave for an extended period of time, even Cal afterward didn't know why he had gone. he didn't know what the deal was why he was out and then he was informed that it was indeed uh indeed cramps there um having now seen what we saw, like if I knew bank Carroll was going to be that, let alone what keels was, I would have picked Duke, I picked Kentucky to win, I own it. One of many incorrect game predictions coming to you on the Ion college basketball podcast this season. But if you're a Duke fan or just someone who loves college basketball and you went into this game thinking like I've heard so much about Bancaro preseason first team All-American, you know, Norlander was saying on a recent podcast, it's his pick to win national player of the year. Uh, what's it going to be? Well, you saw it. That's what we've been talking about. This is who this guy is. And Krzyzewski afterward in the presser, when I caught the tail end of it, was basically speaking to how special he can be. And even wait, like he said, Krzyzewski said he is so much better now than he was even a month ago. Like the strides behind the scenes and practices that Caro has made have been huge. Now he's just waiting on for him to be even a little more assertive and a lot more vocal. Say what you feel. Let us know. Um, and if that, if there's more to come and he's going to become an even better player, which we both think that he will be, then then look out. Because Duke has a very high ceiling if Bancaro is going to be this player most of the season.
1: Well, I mentioned earlier, you because you said, hey, if Trevor Kills is going to be this, and I'm like, he's not going to be this. He's not going to average 25 points a game. Um, I don't think 22 and 7 is at a character for Bancaro at all. Like I think he could do that. Yeah, you know, I'm. You know, if you told me set the over under at twenty two points per game, I'd probably take the under just because that's a big number for college basketball. But I'm not s- certain I would take the under. I mean, I, the, like he had these awesome moments tonight, but it felt like a pretty casual twenty two and seven that he just went out and got. You know, he had the one uh, sort of you know caught it at the elbow. I I I retweeted the highlight, caught it at the elbow, and. You know he's he's you know creates a shot, step back. You know, and you forget like this isn't just a tall guy. He's a big. He's six ten, two hundred fifty pounds. Like how many people six foot ten, two hundred fifty pounds can make that play? Can make those moves and that shot? He's a uniquely gifted guy, and that's why um we've been talking about him all off season. The way that we've talked about it, there, there's nothing he did tonight that surprised me at all and the fact that duke was able to i don't want to say easily because kentucky did fight and they stayed in and you know for much of the game but the way that duke was able to control that especially in the second half without really getting anything from a projected lottery pick in aj griffin um it, i think it just says a lot more about duke than it says about kentucky and it says that yes in coach k's final season the Blue Devils are going to be a real factor at the tip top of the sport, and they do have a chance to to send him out on a walk off. You know, he could win his final game as a college basketball coach, and you know, go out as a national champion. I'm not predicting it, but I can certainly envision it. And um, if anybody was wondering whether his uh, imminent retirement uh, would be a storyline, well, it was unavoidable in the Garden. You know, as I pointed out on CBS Sports HQ, you go to a, basket, a Duke basketball game as a fan. You're not laying eyes on Mike Shishetsky until about three minutes before the starting lineups are announced. That's when coaches uh, typically walk out. That's a customary. Uh, we were at halftime at Kansas, Michigan State, and here comes Mike Shishetsky walking out the half court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to so be cool. awesome. yeah. It, it was a little bit of a weird scene. But like, this is what's this is how it's going to be. Um, he was honored by ESPN cause this would be the final game he's coaching in the champions classic. So there it is halftime, Kansas, Michigan state, and the crowd's giving Mike Krzyzewski a standing ovation. Um, you know, uh, uh he's standing at mid sort of like, uh, it felt a little odd, like, like he, you know, he did not want, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he wanted to be there. And then halftime of Duke Kentucky inside the arena on the screens and i even asked norlander while we were sitting there because i don't think jumbotron is the uh is the proper term I don't, what it, are we, yeah I, maybe jumbotron big screen well however you we want to say it
0: but yes something like I think, that
1: i think one time somebody told me jumbotron is a brand of that's of, probably true. Yeah. of a big screen so i don't know what we call those these days let's figure it out um but the big screens on the scoreboard
0: you're not going to figure it out at this hour though look go ahead
1: let's just figure out what we're going to call these things and, and settle on it and move on. But on those big screens on the scoreboard, that might actually be what they're called. The big screens on the scoreboard. <laughs> feels, it feels, a, that feels a little clunky. That feels a little clunky. The big screens on the scoreboard. It was a, like a 15 minute zoom call between bill self, John Calipari and Tom Izzo talking about how great Mike Krzyzewski is and how much he's meant to the sport. And I promise you, there is nothing they hated more than doing that Zoom <laughs> call. I mean, they were all nice doing it and joking around, having a good time. Trust me. Just trust me. There is nothing. I, when, their, when their SIDs came to them and said, okay, here's what uh, the Champions Classic needs us to do. You, you and you are going to get on a Zoom together and just talk about how great Coach K is for 15 straight minutes. Uh I, I I know at least one of them who probably wanted no part of that, but everybody played the the part really well.
0: Yeah, that, that was, and there were some really funny parts on it. I don't know if that's going to be repurposed anywhere, uh, so people can watch it, or if that was only for, I don't know, inside the arena. I don't know, but the idea also that like, self and Cal were in. Cal was at his home office. Self looked to be at his KU office. And then you got Izo just sit in front of a green screen. Like it was a weird, it was a weird look, but they were they went along with it as much as they needed to be. But it was also kind of weird, like to have those three honoring Mike Sheshewski when he's not even out there because Duke's in the locker room at halftime. I don't I don't know. The the whole thing in the game before that, when Kay went out, he didn't like, you know. He didn't even flash a big grin. They gave him like uh, one of those like shadow boxes, things like, um, uh, you know, just a thanks from ESPN. Like, hey, like, something,
1: like something you put in your attic.
0: He, I I actually thought to myself when they handed it to him, I was like, man, he's going to get a lot of this crap this year. Where is this thing going? Like, there's, is there any chance attic. he's holding this up in his house? I don't know.
1: I can't tell Damn. you how many things like that I've gotten. Not, not because people have honored me. <laughs> you just get like these weird things sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the type of thing I would ever hang on a wall. <laughs> it's the type of thing I'd put in an attic. Exactly.
0: Um, but, hey, listen, story is Duke opened the season, looked really, really good. And they, uh, they've they got a couple a couple more good non-conference opponents. They're not loaded in the non-con. So they've got to play Ohio State on the road. They're going to play Gonzaga later this month as well. And those will be the opportunities we have a chance to, to talk about them. But they're not they don't have a great non-con schedule so it was important for them to get this win the way they got it real quick on kentucky and some more takeaways from what uh, cal said in the post game presser there he he really harped on the fact that severe wheeler who played more than 38 minutes that's something that cannot be repeated he leaned on him too much he was gassed at the end i if if you're a kentucky fan i'm just guessing this might not be the case but i'm guessing if you watched that game as a uk fan you were not thrilled with how long Wheeler was on the floor and how often the ball wound up being in his hands, sometimes out of necessity, sometimes, you know, might've forced the issue a little bit too much there. Although they weren't brutal with turnovers. uh, Kentucky wasn't Cal mentioned that it was, it was only 13. uh, Duke had nine, but I still, I still like a lot of the pieces there. Um, You didn't get as much out of tie tie as, as the hope was going to be. I said she was what, he was better than I thought he would be. That is just who he is going to be, without a doubt. Um, but Cal stuck to his word. He said he thought he might only play seven guys' real minutes. That wound up being the case. Toppin, Wheeler, Washington, Grady, Sheebway, um, Davion Mintz, and Keon Brooks were the only players that earned double digit minutes there. And it's a work, it is a work in progress, no doubt. I'm not really fading Kentucky all that hard because I do think this was more about Duke finding ways to win the way that it did. Um, but man, it was, uh, it was nice to at least see some want to, uh, from Kentucky to make that push. Cause it got, there was a minute there where I thought, man, this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be just like the way that the KU MSU game ended, but it wasn't that eight point spread at the, at the end of it. But Cal, he was not, he was not that concerned afterward and nor should he be. Cause it's just the first game of the season. It's not new to this rodeo or anything like that. But, um, Coming off a nine-win season, it would be understandable if maybe there would have been a little bit more of uh, frenzy or urgency on behalf of Cal. And here's what I know we can fix and what we need to fix. It was he was just he was perfectly relaxed. Although he did close out his presser, he, they referenced the bottle of Pappy Van Winkle that the three of them gave to Kay. Although Cal threw the other two under the bus and said they didn't pay for the pay for the bottle. And then he ended the presser by saying, "I think I need some bourbon right now too." Don't think he was going after that, but. uh but, yeah, that's what my, those are my thoughts on Kentucky. I, I think they will be okay. I think, I think this will be a ranked team most of the season, and I don't have too many concerns after they lost the way they lost.
1: I think they'll be okay. I mean, and, and, I mean, like, and by okay, I mean good. But, but like, the, the thing I noticed about Kentucky, and you mentioned Wheeler, it is true. UK only had 13 turnovers. He had seven of them. And he is noticeably small on the court. Um, and that means that even when he gets into the lane, there's only so much he can do. You know, he, he's not finishing at the rim over these guys, uh, over Duke level front court players, or really even over Duke guards. He's just not going to finish at the rim. And so there were times when he got in the lane and he got blocked, or he got in the lane and then he had to dribble right out of the lane because there's nothing he can do when he gets in there. Um, That's an issue. Um, I, I, I agree with with. I, I don't, I don't know if John said this exactly, but like, it, it, they can't lean on him that much. He ain't that, he ain't that guy. And the thing that stood out to me about Kentucky is, I like a lot of those players. There's some really good college players on that team. Of the guys they relied on in this first game, how many of them are playing in the NBA?
0: Remains to be
1: tie, tie, tie. will play in the NBA. Ty, Ty. I'm not sure. I'm not certain about anybody else. And that's an unusual thing for for Kentucky. And it did stand out in this uh, season opening loss against Duke. It won't be a problem against everybody, but I do think it was a problem against Duke. So moving on, uh, in the opening game of the Champions Classic, it was Kansas 87, Michigan State 74. And we'll get into that one next. But first, check this out. So in the opening game of the Champions Classic, it was Kansas eighty-seven, Michigan State seventy-four, and the star for KU, it was not the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. It was Ochai Abaji got a game-high twenty-nine points. I'll give you credit, Deadleg. I'll give you credit. You have said all along that Abaji would be the Jayhawks' best player, and in the opener, he clearly was.
0: No doubt about it. Remy Martin was the preseason pick for Big Twelve Player of the Year. I actually heard a little. Uh... Little discussion about that before the game. That kind of that kind of threw some people off uh, around the league and around KU's program, um, because here's a guy that's new and self. We didn't talk on this specific point in the post game, but he did say this idea that like you're a really good player at a power conference program, and you tr- and you know you're one of the highest profile transfers, and that you automatically are be- going to be awesome at your new spot. That's something that you have to. Uh, make come to fruition. It just automatically doesn't happen most of the time there, because uh, you got to talking about Remy a little bit, and Remy and Abaji were the two Kansas players in the post game press conference there, and they both, um, they both were wonderful in terms of explaining uh, the game, how they approached it. R- Remy was. You know, very complimentary of Baji, because let's be honest here. Remy Martin definitely ha- carries a reputation for being someone who is ball dominant, needs a lot of usage, and he could shoot you in or out of games at Arizona State. And afterward, on Tuesday night, uh, he said, you know, I'm not coming in here to, you know, make sure that I got to get all mine, get all my touches. I'm here to, uh, to, you know, to be a part of this program, to kind of, to kind of earn that. And I thought that was very impressive for Martin because Abaji was the guy. He was the dude, and he's going to be the dude. He's going to be their best player. I got a little bit of one-on-one time with Self afterward. And the first thing he said to me was, I, th- I thought this was going to be a first-to-65 affair, which is what I kind of thought, too. He was surprised. What's wild is, if you're a Kansas fan, here's the really, really good news. You scored 87 points. And Bill Self told me and a few reporters afterward, I, I don't know what my team is yet. We didn't play exceedingly well tonight, and there, there's still a lot to go. And it was not like Bill's not the kind of coach to throw that out there as kind of just like not not it, have it not mean anything. He was specifically explaining how I don't even know my rotations yet. When I'm taking uh, Yosefu off the floor, do I should I be putting Martin in with the lineup I have out there? What do I want to go with? It was interesting to hear him kind of lay out the whole roster and how he's still learning, and it's going to take a little more time, but man, Obaji, he admitted he came really, really, really close to not returning to school, going pro, and he said, no, I made, I made the right decision, and Self had told uh, me and a few other reporters, you know, he heard from NBA evaluator, you're not going to be drafted, you're not ready, you're, you need to return to school. Some guys would not listen to that regardless. He did, he's now way more aggressive Self was harping on the fact that he drew seven fouls, and this is something that last year's Abaji and certainly two years ago that was never happening. So he's got um, an aggressive alpha type streak that he's developing into because he almost he, sometimes on the floor he's too sweet. He's greatest young man off the court, and then when you get on the court, sometimes he's too sweet. He's tapping into that. He's a senior, and he's a really really good story. And because of the way Duke played and Vancaero and Keels played, they're going to overshadow it a little bit. Kansas is the highest ranked team. In this building on Tuesday night, they earned that preseason ranking, and yeah, I'm standing by Abaji. I'm I t- just telling you, he's going to be an All American, and I thought he'd be a top ten player in America this season. And I don't know if that'll come true, but he looked that part on Tuesday night, guiding the win over Michigan State in convincing fashion.
1: I was impressed by Remy Martin in the post game press conference um, because he said a lot of interesting things. You know, he he, he was asked about you know, not being the guy, if indeed he's not the guy. And he said, listen, I came here to win, Um, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he more or less said, sometimes at my previous school, he would never, he never said Arizona State, but he said, sometimes at my previous school, sometimes at my previous school, the best option for us was for me to just go, but I'm surrounded by better guys here. He did say that. That's not a quote, but that is certainly he said some version of that. I'm surrounded by better guys now, and you might not need me to do that if I'm not going and and Ochai is then like I need to get him the ball. Um, you know, if McCormick's consistently sealing his man, I need to get him the ball. You you know, he he more or less said I didn't come here to score points. I'll do it, and I can. And oh, by the way, he did have 15 um, in his you know Kansas debut. But he was really, you know, hitting all the right notes on what it is he's trying to accomplish at Kansas, uh, which is win. And if that means win a Big 12 title, go to a Final Four as the second leading scorer on his team, he seemed, at least in this moment, like somebody who's very happy to be the second leading scorer on his team, on his team if that's what it comes to. On the other side, uh, there just wasn't much good stuff from Michigan state. I mean, we had talked about that new backcourt um, being a reason to be optimistic and it still might be, but woo, uh, wasn't much there uh, in this opener. Tyson Walker was held to, you know, he's the transfer from Northeastern who averaged like 19 a game last season. He got two points on three shots, Max Christie, the five-star freshman, three of 10 from the field, nine points. So Michigan state starting guards were four or 13 from the field. Um, that, that's not good enough. And it's among the reasons now. Tom Izzo's now on a on a three game losing streak dating back to last season. Lost to Maryland, lost to UCLA, and now lost to Kansas. Um, I do think Michigan State will be fine, but they got to get more from those guards. And Kansas just completely made those guards ineffective. They
0: did. I was able to uh, talk with Izzo one on one for about six or seven minutes. We walked down to the team bus, and he. Man, I I didn't know. Sometimes, like Tom, after a game, after a loss, he'll uh, he'll kind of wear it on his sleeve a lot, and um and give you a lot on the record that some coaches wouldn't. But he wasn't like this at all. I was. He was, he was, he was almost Calipari esque in terms of his mood. Maintains that Max Crispy is he's going to figure it out. And he's going to be the guy. He will be the most important player on this team, and Tyson will get it together. There are things that he like. He wants to see more um, assertiveness from Bingham in the post there was a there was a sequence there where Bingham missed a 3 and then I think Abaji either got an and one or got a 3 on it it but it flipped it like the 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 margin could have been 5 and I think it went to 11 and he pointed that out as one of the one of the big key moments there in the second half but he also said he thinks this team will be a fantastic foul shooting team and that just was not there uh, was not evident on Tuesday night there, but he's not, he's not concerned. He's not concerned about this idea that they squeaked into the tournament last season, lose to UCLA in the first four and OT. And they're, you know, it might, might this linger in terms of the Spartans being in that bubble kind of conversation. Doesn't think that's the kind of team he has. Uh, he's got a lot of depth. There's still plenty to learn. He actually echoed what self had said in terms of how much there still is to know and to grow and to learn about this roster and substitutions and lineups and what they can do, and he said, you know, from a from a guard play standpoint, we were outmatched clearly tonight, um, and that wound up being more of a factor than he anticipated. But no real fretting. I didn't know what I was going to get from him, but he was in he was in good spirits, and I and I think sometimes these coaches, when they've got good talent, they've got to see, especially like Hall of Fame level coaches, coaches that have been around doing this job 15, 20, 25 years, they'll almost, they develop this sense about the group they have, obviously the systems they run, and they know that in November, first few weeks of the season, that's not going to be what the team is and what they can be by, say, Christmas time, early January. And I kind of get that feeling with Michigan State could be a group And Izzo's had these kind of teams before they were just highly ranked early in the season where it kind of starts slow. They find their momentum and then they're skiing downhill and they, they've really got a groove there. We'll wait and see if that's the case, but Christie and Walker are going to have to be better. I just, I think all around there's so much potential with so many different guys like Gabe Brown. Got to be a little bit better overall. They just happened to catch a KU team. That's, you know, also got really good experience, really good players. And it was, it was an off night. They didn't shoot well. And so that that was the story. there with Sparty, but um, I still maintain where I had him in the preseason. Like, I don't think this is a top 25 team this season and they didn't show that, but I do think they'll make the tournament and, uh, and eventually get better than what we saw here on Tuesday.
1: They will be removed from my top 25 in one. I had them 24th in the free preseason, but you know, if you're going to get, you know, overwhelmed by, uh, I don't think we've made this note yet. We've made it on a previous short Shorthanded Kansas and missing right. Jalen Wilson, you know, sh- shorthanded Kansas. Um you know, overwhelmed the Michigan State. So I'll remove them from the top 25 and one, and I'll remove one other team from the top 25 and one. It was the only team on Tuesday night that is ranked that lost to an unranked team. It's your Virginia Cavaliers. And if you go back and listen to our ACC preview, one of the points I made was that there is no scenario this roster would be ranked without it being connected to Tony Bennett. If you were ranking this team, and I did it, and AP voters did too, um, you're only doing it because Tony Bennett is the coach. You're only doing it because they wear Virginia uniforms because the roster looks way unimpressive. And then they went out in their opener, and they lost to Navy, and they were behind the whole game. It wasn't like Navy shot you know, uh, 73% in the second half and and got past them. Navy just beat them for 40 minutes. And so that was uh, among the more interesting uh, uh, developments, outcomes, uh, results from the opening night of, of the college basketball season. Just a few others before we get out of here. St. Mm-hmm. Bonaventure was in a fight with Sienna, but ends up winning like 75 47. They outscored him 39 15 in the second half. What? So, Hold on. Did you, you see there? Were...
0: I didn't even hear the score. I didn't know that was the end. Of... They were in a fight, and the, the final margin was that large.
1: Yeah, uh, they were down for much of the first half huh. fight. Perhaps fight is overstating it, <laughs> but they were in a real game. And then they just ran away from them in the second half. Yeah. Arkansas was down eight at the half. to Mercer comes back and wins by double digits. Houston went to overtime against Hofstra comes back and, and, and wins the game. I mean, they were, they were down like, with two minutes to go, it looked like, oh boy, they ain't coming back from this one. And then they somehow—obviously, I wasn't watching it—but they got it to overtime, and then they they controlled overtime. So those were some uh, some ranked teams that that got scared. In addition to Virginia being upset, uh, just popping through some individual performances that stood out. Chet Holmgren made his debut for the top ranked Zags. And was awesome. 14 points, 13 rebounds, seven blocks, six assists. What? I know it was just Dixie State, but still, that's a 14 points, 13 rebounds, seven blocks, six assists. You don't see you don't see those stat lines too often in college basketball. Justin Moore at Villanova made six three-pointers, had 27 points in a win over Mount St. Mary's. Amani Bates made his college debut for Memphis. 17 points, four assists, four rebounds. If you haven't seen the behind-the-back step-back three. Go check out that highlight. He showed the shot-making ability that got him on the cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of 15. Looked really good. E.J. Liddell got 25 points, 11 rebounds for Ohio State. They they were in a fight with Akron, end up getting a one-point win. Uh, Kennedy Chandler, the five-star freshman, my little homie from Memphis who's at Tennessee, 4-4 from three, uh, uh, three, got 20 points and went over UT Martin. Uh, Wendell green jr. Do you even know Wendell green jr. I know Wendell Moore jr.
0: And he had I a decent
1: know. night here for Duke. Wendell green jr. Transferred from Eastern Kentucky at Auburn. He made three threes, got 19 points, uh, helped led Auburn to win over Morehead state. And then I guess the play of the night Tyson Etienne. Yes. <laughs> Game winning three from the logo. Dude. At Wichita in Wichita state gets past Jacksonville state, the logo at Coke arena. What shot it from the shock, the wheat shock from the wheat shock.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I was going to do it. If you didn't, um, I, I don't want to say big win for Wichita state, but kind of a critical one. Can't be dropping that game on your home floor. We saw some, some nerves out there nationally. There's a few more. I'm going to mention here, uh, upsets and non-upsets uh, that you didn't touch upon as we wrap the pod. I'm glad we're going to, I want to get, cause there's, Aside Champions Classics, the big headline, but there was some other stuff there. Um, credit to Ohio. Uh, Jeff Bowles, Ohio coach, found me on. Uh, he was texting me during the middle of Duke Kentucky, uh, asking for love for uh, for his Ohio team. They beat Belmont ninety two to eighty. Uh, that was a home game for Ohio. Big time statement win for Ohio. I had Belmont as a preseason top forty team, so I got to take a, I got to take a mark for that. Um, how about this with the ACC? You mentioned Virginia. It was a bad night for the ACC. Georgia Tech lost at home to Miami, Ohio. And Pitt lost to the Citadel. And credit to Pat Forty from Yahoo. He said it's the first Navy victory over a ranked team since David Robinson played there 35 years ago. So I got a couple more results I'll get to. But just quick, quick react, GP. ACC, you're, good thing Duke won. You're dropping three games to mid and low majors on opening night, and, and they're not roadies. Obviously, they're all the home games. It's a bad look for that league.
1: Kick them out of the Power Five, it looks okay. like. <laughs> Might be time to kick them out of the Power Five. Make them a one-bid league. <laughs> they have to move the ACC tournament a week earlier. Have, yeah. you, have, now you have to compete with the MAC tournament now. You don't get to play the same week as as the Big Ten tournament and the SEC tournament. You have to move the ACC tournament a week earlier. You're now mid-major league.
0: It's a problem. Um, notable upset: Chattanooga beat Loyola Marymount at LMU, and that Chattanooga was sub 150. LMU was considered top 70 in Ken Palm. So, um, interesting uh result there overall. But I think you pretty much covered it. The Virginia, the Virginia loss was. I mean, that's problematic. Oh, there was one more. That's right. Cal, the first big, you want to call it big. Cal lost by 13 at home to UC San Diego. Cal entered the day 100 at Ken Palm. UC San Diego was 292, okay? And Washington lost at home 71-64 to Northern Illinois. I knew there was two more. I just didn't see them on my document here. Like, not so good for the Pac-12 either here. Washington had a horrendous season last season, opens the season. Northern Illinois has a new coach. Now, granted, Rashawn um, Bruno was an assistant at Arizona State last season. He's the NIU coach, so he's familiar with the program programs. Still, new coach, almost an entire new roster. 326 in Ken Palm, winning at Washington. 101 at Ken Palm entering the night. That's rough. I, I, you're, kicking, you're kicking Cal and Washington out of the Power 5, too, I presume.
1: Well, the whole league, um, except for UCLA. They get to have, they, UCLA gets to be its own conference. The UCLA conference. <laughs> it's a UCLA conference. And then the rest of the Pac 12. Um, they they have to get involved in a ACC Pac 12 challenge so we can figure out to get how to get some of these teams some wins. <laughs> they have to play each other. Yeah. They can't play they can't play traditional mid-majors because that doesn't work out. So let's take the ACC and the Pac 12, create a challenge because you ready? You ready? Follow logic here. Somebody has to win. In theory,
0: that's got to happen. But, yeah, I did want to wrap the pod by mentioning those games. I'm happy you did because we were obviously – everything was Champions Classic related here in terms of what we wrote on the site. Side note, do go to cbssports.com and the CBS Sports app to read GP's column off Duke and Kentucky. I wrote off of Ochai Baji and Kansas and the Michigan State game but it was noisy. Like we had some power conference teams losing games that uh, it's it's ugly. And we'll keep an eye on if Wednesday or Thursday bring anything more with that. And if they do, and they're worth talking about, we will talk about them on the Friday morning podcast. Uh, but yes, those did catch my eye. It was, to me, it was a little noisier for opening night than I thought it would be, but that's, that's all the more fun. And uh, just a heads up uh, next podcast. We'll both be in hotel rooms. I did not buy lights, so I don't know what my... It's not going to be your situation right now because it's going to be morning time out on the West Coast when I'm at Gonzaga and I'm doing this. But GP will be well lit. I might be semi-lit. But your next podcast is coming to you Friday. And as always, on video. Reminder, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. The description for this episode, there will be a link. Go ahead, go over, watch. We appreciate everyone. There were a lot of good comments on that first episode. And uh, we took notice... Our bosses took notice. You have been all phenomenal. And to, uh, to anyone and everyone that stayed up late to watch this or, or, or got it done on podcast, we uh, we appreciate you so much. They're probably going to kick me out of this room at some point or they're just going to lock that door behind. Literally, someone just opened the door. You're good. You're good. Literally, someone just opened the door, going to check in like, what is happening? No one's allowed to be at the garden this late. So I think I got to start packing up soon. Oh, and I got I to gotta finish this pizza too, GP.
1: You want to? You want to wrap this puppy? You have no idea how much I want to wrap this puppy. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Torian Prince. Actual legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Island College Basketball Podcast. In the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And please, like Deadleg said, uh go check out the youtube channel subscribe to that just type i on college basketball in the search engine it'll pop right up hit that bell button so you get alerts when a new video drops smash that like button smash it you have consent you have consent from that like button that like button has consented smash it because that's important too i'm told please go do those things help us get that youtube channel off the ground and we're going to talk to you again on Friday morning and you're not going to believe how well that I am on Friday morning. It's going to be amazing. Talk to you then. Till then, take care.